0: This is the SBFL podcast. Welcome into the week one 2021 SBFL podcast. After a big weekend down here in Virginia Beach. Shane, what do we got on tap today?
1: Hello there. Uh, We are going to do a little recap of the weekend, the auction, talk the Olympics Um, We've already had two trades in the league, and then we'll do some preview and picks for week one. Um, First is a little forewarning. I have the hiccups tonight. so If you hear some hiccups, that's on me. Uh, Still drunk
0: from the weekend?
1: Yeah, something like that. And uh, our special guest for the night is uh, back-to-back champion Matt Tarowski. What's
2: up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Week one, ready to kick this year off. Done with the draft. Great weekend. As always, it's always the best weekend of the year, and after last year not being able to go, it uh, it made up for it. So, thanks for having me on. Let's do it.
0: Now, can we start off with something that um, kind of slipped my mind over the weekend? But as uh, those of you who, who have joined us on a podcast before, you know we do these over Zoom so we can see each other. And I see uh, the champs got the belt over his shoulder, but upon my recollection. You didn't bust that out this weekend. No,
2: I did not. And you had said that, oh, you forgot the belt this weekend. I didn't forget it. We had a conversation. I asked her if she wanted to come. And she was comfortable here at 302 in the Oklahoma, New Jersey. She's she's made a home here. And uh, she doesn't plan on leaving anytime soon.
0: Well, she doesn't have to leave, for at least for the next five months, because uh, she's rightfully yours for this season. But... Uh, Overall, yeah, it was a fun weekend. Um, Like you said, Matt, it always is a fun weekend. You know, We had the Olympics and then the auction, which maybe it's because we're a little bit older or or maybe because I know I went way too hard on Saturday night. Uh, The auction was the smoothest run auction, I think, in seven years.
1: Yeah, I mean, it took four hours, but it really didn't feel that terrible, I think, because we didn't have anybody drunk, um, like yelling out picks that were already picked. Uh, you know, it happened once or twice, but that's going to happen when you get 180 picks going through. Um, it was very smooth. You know, the Zoom people might think a little differently, uh, but for the people in the room, I think it went well.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, one of the smoothest ones we've had, the removal of the shot wheel just really, really tightened it up. Just just at least my draft process. I wasn't, you know, overwhelmed and right through papers and, and things like that and worrying about having to take a shot, taking two shots, whatever it might be from the shot wheel. So that was, that was a great uh, adjustment that we did this year. As fun as it was, I mean, it's great, you know, spinning that wheel and seeing what comes up, especially for the other guys. But um, I think that, that was a good adjustment and uh, yeah, it was, it was real smooth. Real smooth.
0: Yeah. The, the omission of the shot wheel for 2021 was probably one of the key components for how smooth it ran. I did miss it. Uh, I will admit that I did miss it, but I think you're right. Cause it does two things. Not only does it get people more drunk, but it also kind of slows the slows down the flow of the auction, uh, like in between each pick, then you got to spin the wheel and then you gotta go get the shot or pour the shot or whatever. So I think uh, if you take both those things into account, it really helps kind of
1: help the flow. Yeah, definitely. I was, I mean, yeah, I don't really miss it, <laughs> so I'm with Matt. You know, I think I
0: think there could be a happy medium though. Like, I think we could have like just Jello shots on there, because um, I yeah, think the jell better. the Jello shots they taste good. Uh, you don't have to pour them; you just kind of chuck the Jello shot container thing around. Um, it might be a happy medium for 2022. We can look into that. But the other big uh, component, Vice President of Draft Weekend activities runs the Olympics every year. How would you think they went this year?
2: It went good. I thought it went good. Um, you know, it was it was little little more challenging uh, being off to you know the fact that we got off to a later start, um, late afternoon on Saturday, but tightening up the events, making a shorter I thought went well um it's fitting that the <clears throat> two most involved members of the league yourself and your brother so first and second took home the hats very happy with that you both deserve them you both look good in them you're not wearing them tonight but that's okay wear them Sunday <clears throat> um what else? Beautiful. yeah I thought it thought it went good thanks for everyone for for taking part in it um, I mean me and you, Chris, were talking about it a little bit, and uh, you know, there's there's a few guys that are really into it. There's a few guys that aren't into it, and there's a few guys in between, and uh, you know, that's understandable. You know, you're there on vacation. You know, we're there and have a good time. So running around back and forth from event to event could be a lot. So um, I think I think it was a good year, and I think going into next year, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna adjust adjust it even more. I have, it all depends on what our plans are for next year, but we, we were throwing around some some ideas uh,
0: over the past few days. Yeah, the one the one big I, idea I thought of uh, as the commissioner is to include the addition of a cash prize to the Olympic champion. Um, not a lot. $25 uh, was kind of the number I had in my head. But what I think it does is because I, I do think this year it felt like maybe we had more people and maybe because we had three missing. So that, that obviously can contribute. We had three people not participating at all, but I feel like there was some people that just weren't as, as into it because they don't really care about the nomination order or whatever. Like there's no difference between third and 10th, you know, so let's take whatever. Um, and they don't fake like playing and they're having a good time on vacation. So I think the addition of a cash prize might, um, Increased participation, but I don't want to make it too much to take too much away from the pot. Um, something like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think it went well. I was one of the biggest fans of the Olympics, I'd say. So I like messing around. Otherwise, I'd be sitting around bored. I can't sit there and pound beers like some of these other guys. Uh, so I love the events, especially, you know, cornhole basketball. That's kind of right up my alley. So, So I had kind of a radical
0: idea for next year. Not really. I mean, maybe a little bit has to do with the Olympics, but. Um my thought, and and I haven't thought it all the way through. So this could come across your radios as a really stupid idea, uh, or it could come across as like something kind of creative and, and fun, is instead of doing Labor Day weekend, we do this upcoming what would be this upcoming weekend next year. So week one of the NFL. Okay. And we keep the itinerary the same where everyone comes in on Saturday and leaves on Monday. Now I know it's not Labor Day so there might have to be some PTO for the out of towners taking on Monday. But what I think would be cool is if we got there on Saturday, did a like more of a shortened version of the Olympics, did the draft on Saturday night, and then on Sunday all of us go out to a bar, we we go, you know, do it big, like go out re- make sure we got a table for 10 or 12 reserved, however many there are us and we we watch week 1 as a league uh it's kind of a radical idea um i don't think many people draft after the first thursday night game but just kind of wanted to throw it out there plant a seed and get people's feedback on it and i'll start with y'all
1: yeah i mean i like it so the thing that i'd want to figure out i'd rather sit and watch the games at whatever house we're at otherwise what's the point of getting a big house um because if we're getting there saturday and then we're just drafting, then Sunday we're out of there all day. There's really no point in getting a house or staying over, really, I would say. Um, so I'd be more interested in watching the games at the house somehow. So figuring out how we do that uh, would be my biggest concern. But I like the idea of watching the games together. I think it would probably basically eliminate the Olympics. I don't think you want people arriving, immediately doing Olympics, and then immediately drafting. I don't think anybody would be into them at that point um, because they're tired. They're just getting in. They want to focus on their draft. They just want to say hi to everyone, hang out, you know, catch up a little bit. Um, so I think it would eliminate the Olympics, which you know it would be obviously a big change. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'd I'd want to watch the games like in a quieter place, I guess, where we could all you know be be together and hear each other.
2: Okay, that that, that is a radical idea.
1: Um, I would
2: I would have to let that roll around a little bit. Um, yeah, it would be great all getting together for the week one games, and be interesting after the Thursday games to do a draft, but. Um. Yeah, I could. I could see it. I could definitely see it.
0: I. It came to me really because I was thinking about, um, how we we always you know we blow up the chat all the time, but we never yet to watch games together. You know. Yeah, me, Shane, and KJ will watch games together. Um, I know when when Snow lived with Stocko and Kate Meredith, they lived together, but same city, they would get together and watch games. So but we never watch games as like a league because we're all pretty scattered. Um, I thought it was kind of just a neat idea. I don't even know if I'm 100% sold on it Um, myself. I just had the idea and and thought it was a good talking point for the podcast. I think the number one thing that would have to be figured out would be what do we do with the Thursday night game? But go ahead. Would you make
2: it to – would you guarantee us that you'll make it to the 4 o'clock games at least?
0: (laughs) I can't guarantee that, no.
2: I actually had the same thought when we were watching the uh, FSU Notre Dame game. I'm like, yeah, this would be awesome if it was on Sundays. And I was in my head thinking I should take a weekend and just join you guys down there. uh, Take a long weekend and do that because yeah, it would be a great time. Um, But yeah. Yeah. All right. You get us the four o'clock. We'll tuck you in right before the uh, the Sunday night game, I guess.
0: Yeah. There'd be a 0% chance I make it to the end of Sunday night football. But um, (laughs) yeah, I I just think it'd be fun. Like. Casey came up to Virginia Beach last year week 13 it was the last week of the regular season so there was five of us watching together that was a lot of fun um, with almost half the league so I can't imagine just just this shit talk that's, that would happen if we're all and, and I do like your idea Shane of figuring out a way to set up like a four TV setup at the house um, and get you know a bunch of games on and flip between those games and shit like that so
1: I don't know just yeah. it's, it's September to yeah, we could do that. The other we thing could. I like I like the idea of drafting after Thursday. Assuming assuming we're drafting those points at that point. You know what I mean? So like if, if Mike Evans gets twenty points or something like that, you know everyone in the room knows you got twenty points sitting on the board from your wide receiver if you draft them. Um, you know, with an auction it works. With a snake, it gets a little weird. But with an auction, you know, everyone's even. So everyone knows what he has, everyone starts with the same money. So if you want those twenty points or you don't want to play against uh, yeah. those twenty points, then go buy them.
2: That's interesting.
1: I think it would, it would be a whole new strategy that you yeah. really wouldn't even be able to prepare for until yeah. Friday. Yeah. But it'd be interesting.
0: It would add, a, it would definitely add uh, a cool wrinkle, but uh, nonetheless we can move on. Um, it, it was a good weekend. Talked about the Olympics, everything. And now I'm pretty shocked at this. I w- actually, I want to do trivia time. First, Could we do trivia time. First.
1: Sure. You're in control. That's true. Trivia
0: time. All right. Your trivia today. How many days after the auction in 2020 did the first SBFL trade occur? How many days after the auction? Did the first trade occur? Shane, do you have a guess?
1: I don't remember this at all, but I don't know. I'm going to say it might have been after like week two for some reason. Something like really wildly late. So like uh, 16, 17 days. 17 is Shane's guess. Matt,
0: do you have a guess?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll just throw out. 10
0: Ten's a much better guess. It was actually nine. Uh, on Ooh. September 15th, nine days after the draft last year, the raccoons sent Deshaun Jackson to South Bend, uh, and the, the swine sent back Chase Claypool. But nine days um, it took us to get our first trade last year. And I want to do that first because that's going to segue very nicely into our breakdown. If I can get the song to play.
2: that for this we'll make a trade called
0: barter. trade breakdown this for that that for this we'll have it made with barter we've actually had two trades already um which is uh sets up for a fun year the first trade shane i will let you break it down you receive keenan allen from north iowa um and north iowa gets back julio jones and juju smith schuster
1: yeah. Uh, so two for one. So I left the draft. Um, like I, I didn't like Julio Jones. I really don't like Juju either that much. I think they're fine, but I just didn't really want them. Um, but it was towards, it was getting late in the draft for, you know, there's respective like tiers, I guess you could say, and I needed wide receivers. So I bought them cause I thought they were good values. Uh, but I really wanted a better wide receiver and cook, as we all know, spent a lot of money pretty early Um, And so he missed out on basically every value in the draft until, you know, he was buying $1 guys. Um, So he was starting, I forget who, Marvin Jones and like a IRTY Hilton or Jameson Crowder who's got COVID. I forget who his other starter was at the time, Um, but he had no depth. He messed up the draft. And so it was basically a depth for star trade. Um, I mean, if you believe in Julio, obviously he's a star, but I just, I'm not on Julio this year. So uh, I took Keenan Allen off his hands.
2: I didn't think it was possible for for the pig humpers to enter week one with the worst team, but they've done it. Uh, (laughs) I'll say this driving down on a Saturday with, uh, snow. I told, I told them, I said, I'm a little nervous. He's going to knock it out of the park, the pig humpers, you know, and then it's going to be able to talk shit. I mean, an hour into the draft and those gears were put at ease. Um, and it's amazing because Keenan Allen I thought was was obviously an overpay and, you know, was kind of ragging on him for that one. And and you think he, he traded away, maybe he improved, but he didn't. You know, Keenan Allen has top-ten potential, I think. Julio Jones, I'm not high on him either, just like Shane. So, yeah, him do Juju, um, to step-down wide receiver. And Keenan Allen, you know, could have a big year. So, yeah. Um, on the board first trade of the season. Welcome to the league to come first.
1: Yeah. And a part of the trade also is I had drafted, you know, Robbie Anderson, Corey Davis, Henry Ruggs also. So I had a bunch of wide receivers like on the back end that I I really like Corey Davis and those guys. Um, So I was very happy to start Corey Davis. Um, So just, I mean, for me, I, I might've started Davis over Juju anyway. So for me, it's really just upgrading Julio to Keenan Allen. And then I lost some depth, but that's all right. That's week one.
0: Yeah. I, I Listen, it, the one, the one thing I'll give him a, an ounce of credit for, and he did send us a text, Shane. I don't know if you want to read that on air, um, oh, but he, he had an official statement uh, from North Iowa, like a press release to us. But anyway, um, he obviously made a mistake with his wide receiver depth um, and he went out and tried to fix it. And I think this, the level of this trape really relies on how much do you believe Julio Jones has left? Because I I think Juju's at the point in his career where we kind of know who he is and what he's going to give you. Um, But if you think Julio can be maybe like 80% of the Julio Jones we knew, well, then he might actually win this trade in the long run. Uh, Especially, I mean, Keenan Allen has injury, has had injury problems in the past. So you never know. Uh, But on the surface, before the season starts, yeah, it looks pretty bad you find the press release from north iowa
1: oh uh yeah he said official statement on the trade for the pod uh humpers are happy with quarterbacks running back and tight end needed depth at wide receiver this was an immediate fix all hail corn julio
0: <laughs> it's a good nickname didn't you win a championship yeah. with julio me yeah
2: no i traded him for um, james robinson that won me a championship. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. He was yeah. He, he had the hamstring that she was all last year, so I'm lower on him than other guys because of that. Um, yeah. So it and you're right. Allen's injury injury history it does have the potential to turn around and be a, a trade going the other way. But, but putting out a statement defending your trade, your first trade ever, that could be a sign right there that maybe uh maybe you should have pumped the brakes a little bit, slowed down, and see how week one played out. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Time will tell.
1: Can I give you that's an impromptu right. trivia time that I'm, I'm only like 95% sure of the answer because it's off the top of my head. I was looking at it the other day.
0: Do I have to play the song again? Uh, no, no, no. No, that's How good many... because my computer sucks.
1: Okay. How many games has Keenan Allen missed in the last four years total?
0: I would guess like 12. Is that three a season? Uh, 16. Two. There you go. He's a- He's only missed two games in the last four years.
1: Uh huh. It's something so like that. So like he's said, due. I'm only like 99 or 95% sure because that's off the top of my head on Google it now.
0: Yeah, I would Google it, but the storm is really fucking with my internet. Also, I got like 17 apps running. Uh, the
1: other trade, which I've got some background information on. Um, uh, that's confirmed. Two games. He missed two last year. Other than that, he played 16, 16, and 16.
0: What about the year before that? Was that he the ACL one. year? Yeah, yeah, that was the ACL year. So I just uh, think, I think that's a little overblown with him. Yeah. Uh no, it just means he's due to get hurt. Um, so the <laughs> Raccoons get Justin Fields and Zach Moss, So I believe he's already on the waiver wire. Uh I think he's already on the waiver wire. And <laughs> yeah. the Reaper, the, the Reapers get Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold, which is a short term fix for them, uh, because they only had one quarterback they could start this week. Uh, now they have three. Uh, but they do get rid of the prospect of Justin Fields. Matt, what'd you think of this trade on the surface?
2: I like it. I like it for both teams. Um, yeah, that potential of fields, snow you know, set himself up well with four quarterbacks, could easily unload two and get back a guy that I had a feeling he wanted. Um, yeah. And, and Ira picks up somebody for that super flex and, uh, yeah, rounds out his teams pretty, pretty well. Uh,
1: my take on this is it's not much different than the Pig Humpers trade. I think it, I think both trades are even trades, so I think this is fine. But the problem—it's only even because Ira messed up the draft. There's no reason Ira shouldn't have scooped up at least one more quarterback at the draft with the money he did. I bought Kirk Cousins for like two dollars. I bought Derek Carr for like three dollars. You know, it was me and him with all the money, so he easily could have gotten these guys also. No, um, I got Bridgewater for a buck. Right. So just scoop anybody up just to get a third quarterback and you don't have to trade away Justin Fields who's, you know, one of the top 2, you know, rookies in terms of, you know, rushing and hype and all that stuff. Obviously Lawrence is going to be out there throwing it, but you know, it's Trey Lance and Justin Fields who are going to eventually take over and run around like nuts. Um, if you
0: if you remember in the draft, he had a chance to buy Dalton for a dollar when everybody was on a min bid and didn't and then Mike scooped up Dalton. And you could have yeah. just you could have just played whoever the
1: Bears are playing. So you know if we're talking overall, it's been it's poor management by the Reapers. But if you take this trade in a vacuum, uh, I think it's pretty even. It just shouldn't it shouldn't have, have had to happen, but it did. So I credit to him for much like the the Humpers not waiting to you know fix an error. At least he just went out there and did it right away.
0: Uh yeah, when I was driving Noonan to the airport, I was riding with me, and Noonan put a trade on the table: Matt Ryan for Justin Fields, straight up. Um And Ira denied it, and then did right, this job, one. Ira. And so I don't, I don't know which trade would have been better for him. I, I think Zach Moss is a non-factor. It, I like I said, I th- I believe he's already on waivers. So it's a, you know, Justin Fields. Would you rather have Matt Ryan or would you rather have Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold? I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I guess for Ira, the answer is Wentz and Darnold.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Wentz and Darnold. How about you, I'd Matt? Have- I'd rather have Fields and Kirk Cousins. <laughs> what, what What was the question?
0: So Ira had an offer on the table, Matt Ryan for Justin Fields.
1: So would you know rather – two like like... or Ryan? Yeah. Um, but if he has Ryan, he also keeps Zach Moss. It's true. True, true, true.
0: He could go get Zach know, Moss right I now. I would it for Ryan, I think, but I don't know. Well, I can't see it, but that's all right. All right. We ready for some uh, game breakdown and, and some picks? Yeah. All right. Let's start with the Rook. The South Bend Stingers fly just a little bit west or buzz their way to the west. Take on North Iowa Pig Humpers. Uh, Matt, can you see it on your screen or my screen, I guess? What's your uh, thoughts on this uh, this matchup and who you got?
2: Let me let me bring it up one second. Oh,
0: okay. Go ahead, Shane. Then, if you can see
2: it. Uh,
1: yeah, I think you got go to go the Stingers here. Um, you know, obviously he had the better draft, and now breaking news as of like an hour ago: Austin Eckler's out of practice with a hamstring injury, which is what he missed, uh, you know, the majority of last year with. Um, so Cook's possibly down a running back. If he's not down a running back, he might have one on a pitch count, which is obviously not what you want. Um, so you might see Melvin Gordon slide into that starting lineup. Um, but yeah, I, I I like the Stingers. He's got the Ryan to Ridley connection against the Eagles, who are just absolute garbage. Uh, that could be dangerous. Um, big fan of Terry McLaurin. He's got you know his, his buddy Derek Henry out there. Uh, I I think it's a landslide.
2: Yeah, I do like the Stingers. Stingers have a solid roster, and the Humpers. Yeah, this ain't the week for his first win. A lot of pressure on. Him. The Stingers, um, this player's got to go out there and perform. Nobody wants to give the rook their first win.
0: And I don't think it's gonna happen with one. Uh yeah, that's a clean sweep. I also uh, I also like the Stingers in this one. I don't think uh, I don't think the rooks got anything for them. So um, our next matchup, let's go. Hmm. Let's go south of the border. Uh, and the newly branded Philadelphia Seagulls fly down to Mexico city to take on the hammers. Uh, I thought the Hammers had one of the better drafts in the league. Uh, He's typically a pretty good drafter. Uh, it's the in-season management that usually torpedoes his, his chances at anything, uh, anything big, but
1: uh, my stupid freaking computer, son of a bitch. There we go. All right, go ahead. Give me the singles, uh, in an upset, according to Yahoo. Um, You know, he's projected for fewer points. But um, uh, the teams are about even to me, Um, and I just look at the Hammers matchups. Obviously, he's got Brady with an easy one because Dallas defense is not that great. It's getting better, but it's not great. Uh, Allen Robinson's going to get Jalen Ramsey week one. Aaron Jones gets the Saints defense, which is no joke. And Jonathan Taylor versus the Seahawks, Um, still not a bad defense. And Josh Jacobs versus Baltimore. Um, so I like the matchups a lot better for the Seagulls. And since the teams are even, that's where I'm leaning.
2: Uh, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. Going into it, I was going Hammers, hammer. It's chain breaking down the matchups. It's going to swing me over to the other side. It's a close one. They both have two really good quarterbacks. Um, and then everybody in between matchup-wise looks like it does favor the Seagulls. So we'll go Seagulls.
0: Uh, I'm on the other side of this. I, I think the Hammers are gonna gonna win this one. I do agree that Allen Robinson's matchup scares me a bit. Um, but I don't uh I don't think that's that tough matchup's enough to overcome uh for Philadelphia. I think Mexico City moves to one and zero on the season. Um and I actually disagree with the Saints. I don't think the Saints run defense is anything to write home about. I think Aaron Jones can have a decent day down there. Uh, I think believe that game's being played at Jacksonville. Um instead of New Orleans because of the hurricane. But so we're split there. Two uh two votes for the Seagulls, one for the Hammers. Uh, and then we'll take a trip all the way around the world to Baghdad, uh, where the Altamont Fire have a very long road trip. They gotta fly out there uh after what I consider a pretty poor draft. And and I'll start with this one, and I think it's Baghdad in a runaway. Um I, I, I do like uh, the Bombers roster. I, I don't love Big Ben's long-term aspects, um, but I do like Big Ben in a shootout against Buffalo. Um, Altamont's keeping Tua on the bench for some reason, starting Zach Wilson, which I think is a huge mistake. Obviously, it's Wednesday. It could change. But the Altamont receivers aren't very good. I, I'm not a Chase Edmond fan. I think Altamont might field the, either the worst or the second-worst lineup. So give me the Bombers uh, big.
1: Yeah, I'll take the bombers. Also, um, I do think they have a better starting lineup. I think the fire are a little deeper, so they might be better off in a few weeks when injuries and bye weeks hit. Um, and they drafted. <laughs> they just drafted the shit ton of running backs. You know, his bench has Debo Samuel, Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, Jamar Chase. Uh, those are starters on a lot of different teams around the league. So. The fire are built with depth, um, which I don't think is going to help them that early in the season. So I'll take the bombers, but look out for the fire to make either make some trades or, you know, hang on to these guys and make a run in the middle of the season when bye weeks and injuries are hitting everyone.
2: Yeah, it was quite the rough, rough draft for the fire. And I'll admit that to the guys I've heard and uh, say so himself. Um anything can happen throughout the year, trades and pickups and things like that. And he's going to have to be working those waiver right ry- liars and trade markets. Um, because yeah, his team is deep, but two studs in Elliott and Jefferson and I'm low on the other guys as well. Uh, yeah. And Anthony looks solid. Um, I'll, I'll go Baghdad for, uh, for this matchup myself
0: as well. So all three of us got uh, the bombers. Now we get to our three matchups. Let's start in Butte. Is it Butte, Montana, or Butte, Wyoming?
1: Montana.
0: No,
1: Montana.
0: Uh, well, the City Slickers, uh, the New York City Pizza Rats, got to get on a flight and fly to uh, the Big Sky Country to take on the snorkelers, uh, the re- newly rebranded snorkelers. Uh, in this one, Shane, I'll let you go first. Matt,
1: I'll let you go last. Uh, I mean... I feel like Casey's got to make a move. I mean, he's going to He probably stand Pat, um, but starting three tight ends is tough. Um, I know he loves it, but I always want a quarterback in that flex, no matter what, that super flex, sorry, uh, no matter what. Um, you know, the tough part is I'm not a big Jalen Waddle guy yet. I need to see something there. Saquon might be on a pitch count himself. Um, not a fan there. Uh, I am a big fan of uh, Dalvin Cook, DJ Moore, and C.J. Lamb. Um, but you know, Casey's got some wide receivers himself. this is a really gonna be this is gonna be the best game of the week, I'll say. Um give me the give me the rats in the close one.
0: Uh, I'll take the rats. I don't I don't think it's gonna be real close, but I don't also don't think it's gonna be a blowout. Uh, I think it may be like a 10 12 point victory for the rats. Uh those running backs are beautiful to look at. I am a little jealous of that combo. Um Jalen Waddle's a stud and he's going to have a monster year. He's going to have a pretty big game against the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots have anyone that can keep up and cover with bottle. I, I also think the three tight end experiments is, is going to fall flat on its face. And if I'm wrong, I'll happily admit it and say, well, maybe next year I'll get all three tight ends, but I think it's a big mistake. Um, and also he's starting Ronald a second running back. Who's who's not very good. So uh, give me the rats. Yeah. Give me the rats.
2: The Rats are exactly where they want to be, underdogs, according to Yahoo projections. That's where we stayed last year, the year before, and ran it through right through the playoffs, being underdogs, right where we want to be. So uh, nothing's going to change this year where we um, outperform expectations. We're going to get past – Shane Shane was sitting next to me during the draft and knows I was on tilt after the Saquon Barkley uh, $59 pick, but – all in all, my team is better than what I thought it was during the draft because uh, because I had that sticking in my head the whole the whole uh, the whole time. So yeah, first first experimental game with the three tight ends in the lineup, and uh, we'll see if he makes any changes after his week one loss.
0: I assume you're taking the rats. Oh yeah, you just said his week one loss. My apologies. My apologies. <laughs> Uh, next matchup, Calgary campers are flying to Carolina to take on the Reapers. Uh, I will admit, I was a, I am a little bit more nervous that he's got a quarterback in his super flex rather than I think he had Curtis Samuel there for a while. And if he hadn't traded for a quarterback, maybe he would have put someone else there. But um, I am a little bit more nervous with that. Uh, however, I'll take the campers. I will not pick against myself.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a good one. When- I'll take the campers in a close one. Um, Ira, much like the fire, I think he'll be a little bit better in a few weeks when Trey Sermon or Javante Williams, or he's got to figure out what's going on at running back because um, nobody really knows what those workloads are going to be. So he's got uh, two lottery tickets there and he needs one of them to hit. Um, but, you know, starting James Conner in your lineup is just always going to kind of turn me off there a little bit. So give uh, me the campers.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll round out going for the campers as well for the uh, the reasons you guys have stated. Um, we'll see if Fire is going to get off to a hot start this year. Some uh, some, some uh, work is going to be done with his roster already, more than what he's already done. So in the campers.
0: And our final matchup of the week, um, the Chesapeake Crawdads welcome the Kentucky Raccoons. In what projects to be a very high-scoring matchup, um, Chesapeake with the slight edge is according to Yahoo projections. Shane, do you want to start on your own matchup?
1: Uh, sure. I think I've got the advantage at uh, both quarterback and running back and both wide receiver and tight end. Uh, so I'll take me.
2: Matt? Oh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take Shane as well. know um, so no uh... – told me how he hates Jalen Hurts the whole ride down to Virginia. Might You know, maybe that was a, a, uh, line games going on. So, so I could spread the word, but Jalen Hurts is on his roster and I don't see him pull off the victory with that being the case. So give me the broadcast. to
0: ask. This is a tough one for me. I do like the raccoons roster, but I think it might be a roster that kind of comes into form, uh, as we go through the year, uh, Chesapeake right out the gates as a, a solid running back field, um, and I think Mostert's going to get most of the work in Detroit. So I will also take the Crawdads, um, but that's that's not being disrespectful to the Raccoons. I think they really got a solid squad. I think this is just a, a heavyweight fight between two future playoff teams. And that's it, fellas. That's it. Anything else before we uh, before we play the end uh, end song here?
2: You guys just want to take another peek at uh, this beauty right here. It's uh, the only peak you're going to be getting for the next few years. So wave goodbye to her. She's going to bed.
1: <laughs> Verbal meme. Uh, Matt is holding the belt up to the camera.